This is Love Foundation Christian Center Podcast, a place to find God's love. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Let's open to the book of St. John, chapter number one. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Fresh Anointing. Thank you, Instrumental. Wow. You know, there are some chapters you open, you just know that time won't allow you to finish where you would like to, but you have to go there anyway. Amen? So St. John chapter number one, you know, St. John is one of the apostles that understood the revelation of Christ. He's the one that called himself the apostle that the Lord loves because he, he understood love. Is the apostle that taught us a lot about the love of God and the anointed one in Christ Jesus. Is the apostle they couldn't kill either. Praise God. They tried to kill him. All the others were martyred, but he was the only one that lived out fully his life. It's not that they didn't try. Uh, history tells us that they threw him in boiling oil, but he didn't die. He refused to get burnt. They had to... Um, exiled him in the island of Patmos and then he wrote the book of Revelations. So he wrote he wrote an episode, he wrote letters and then he concluded with the book of Revelation. He 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 was some say he was the youngest among among the apostles, praise God. But he was one that was also very close to the Lord. And here from chapter number one, verse one, the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, this verse dates back beyond Genesis 1. Because in Genesis 1, the Bible stands by talking about creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the earliest account is of all things is in St. John chapter number 1. The Bible tells us before anything began, praise God. If you read it in the proper... Uh, um, Greek text, it says, in the dateless past, before beginning began, before beginning, here it says in the beginning, which is what English may allow us to use, it said, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So you're telling us where everything came from. Where does everything come from? The word of God, which is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, this, these verses have become very dear to me. I mean, every scripture is dear to me, but I've been studying and looking at it over and over. And looking also at the original renditions of some of these words. Very, very powerful. You know, you could have said in the beginning was God. But he started by saying in the beginning was what? The Word. The Word. Now, if you look at the word, the meaning of the word word, it also typifies an idea, a concept, a revelation, a, an embodiment of truth. He said, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So he's introducing us to the word in this chapter. Amen. Letting us know that the word was with God in the beginning, and that the word was God. That the word was God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
verse 2, he said, the same was in the beginning with God. You say, that's tautology. He already told us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then he tells us again, the same, the same word was in the beginning with God. The same word, which is God, was in the beginning with God. So God was with God in the beginning. Somebody say, hallelujah. Then verse 3 says, all things were made by him. Right? What does all mean? All things, all things. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now, in this church, we have established over and over again that the scientific thought of evolution of man is not correct. It's an error. Praise God. It's an error. Man did not come from a single cell and then began to divide into many other forms of living. Now, that's what they want people to believe. Unfortunately, it's supposed to have been uh, a theory, a hypothesis that people have, have involved into a theory and taught as fact. It's not a fact. There is no way to prove it. There is no control for it. It's, it's, you have to believe it. Because that many years ago that they, that they say they, they were not around. Praise God. And today, more and more scientific discoveries are pointing to intelligent design. It's impossible to create the kind of order we have in the universe by chance. If you take a bomb, an explosion, and go into a junkyard, how many times would you have to detonate an explosion for it to produce a Mercedes-Benz? How many times? No, if you do it 50,000 times. What about if you do it 50 million times in 50 million years? You think it will produce? It's dumb, dumb to think that way. It's dumb, dumb to think that way. It's not possible to create that kind of order with an accident. It requires an intelligent design. Praise God. One of the popular scientists had a, a model of the earth, you know, revolving around the sun and the, and the moon revolving, revolving around the earth in his office. He did it himself. One of his friends that was a scientist that believes in evolution came and said, wow, that's a beautiful model. That's very good. When did you do that? He said, no, it just happened. He said, what do you mean? He said, I just came one day and some of these things just came together. The guy said, what are you talking about? They're laughing at him. He said, but you believe that, don't you? It just happened. Now, because it is stretched in what they call billions of years, people think it makes it credible. It's not true. They are trying to hide it, the truth, from people's understanding. We're created by God. And the Bible tells us how. He said, by the word. He said, let there be light and light be. Words is what created the universe and it's words that hold the universe. And one of the reasons why humans are different from other animals is that we have the ability to speak words. We are created as speaking spirits like God. We can create with our own words. Hallelujah. But many Christians and many people have not understood 
who we are as sons of God and that we have the similar abilities with God and they have not been using those abilities. So let's continue. The Bible says all things, say all things. things. We are made by him. All right, you don't have to continue. You can stop there. (laughs) All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Wow. If God created things with words, how should we create things? How do you create your finances? Speaking it. Speaking it. Speaking it. When was the last time you spoke to your checkbook? When was the last time you spoke? To your house. Praise God. When was the last time you spoke to your children? I'm not talking about rebuking them. I mean speaking the blessings of God upon their lives. Praise God. When was the last time you spoke to your body? And told it what to do? Not just repeating what other people said. Praise God. When was the last time you spoke to your environment, your city, your nation? We are gods. We are sons of God. And things we say are important. When was the last time you spoke about those in authority? Praise God. Let's continue. Verse 4. The Bible says, In him was life. In who him in God, who is, or in the word, who is God? Because this chapter is really about the word of God. It says, in the beginning was the word, the word. So, the word is the focus of this chapter. So, when he says, in him, he's talking about in the word, because the word is a personality. The word is a living thing. The Bible says the word is living and active. The word is a personality, because the word of God is God himself. So in the word of God, which is God, was life. And the life was the light of man. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, one of the things God said to us this year is the year of shining. Now, I've said often time that the shining is not to bring out a candle light and, and light it. Or it's not dependent on, this light is not dependent on Pepco. It's not the kind of light that Washington gas can provide. Right? Not even a flashlight. Amen. Amen. But the kind of life, the kind of light that God is expecting us to shine with in this year, this season, is is a kind of life. In him, look at it again, verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. So it is the life that is the light. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. It is the life of God that is light. So anyone who does not have the light or the life of God is walking in darkness. So darkness is not because your skin is darker than someone else. It's not because you are living in a place where there is no development. There are people who are highly intellectual, but they are living in darkness. Praise God. In him was life, and the life 
was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. This light shines in darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. If you look at that word comprehend, means cannot get hold of it, cannot overtake it, cannot oppress it, cannot stop it. Right? One of the things we read in Isaiah 60, it says that we should arise, shine, the light is come, the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. It said, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will be risen upon us and Gentiles will come to our light. Why are they coming to our light? Because they are living in darkness and the light of God is in us and is coming upon us and they are coming out of darkness to light. Praise God. You know, there's, there is a challenge out there today. There's an uh, infectious disease going out. That's a kind of darkness. So what should the church be doing? Afraid? No. What should we be doing in this time? Shining as light. How? By walking in divine health. Yeah. By speaking to our environment. Yeah. By rebuking every demonic oppression. These things are controlled by demons. Yeah. Bible says the devil that comes to work to kill, to steal, and to, de- and, and to destroy. It's not just a physical thing. Like I've said, for, a, for, for mosquito to, to, to carry uh, malaria, they have to be demon-possessed. Praise God. They have to be. Viruses are interesting things. I, I mean, I'm a scientist. I, I study biology. Uh, I'm not going to go into that today for time. If I get into it, it may be difficult coming out. But sometimes they act like inanimate things and then they can switch to act like living things. Very interesting. And not only that, they also try to change the DNA of whatever cell they get into to become like their own. It's an interesting an interesting phenomenon. That's why they, they increase so fast. But the word of God is supposed to do that. So the enemy tries to mimic what the word of God does in a negative way. The devil didn't create anything. He just perverts the things that God has created. Let's continue. Verse 5 again. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. 6. He said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, the same came for a weakness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. Verse 8, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of of that light. Verse 9, that was the true light that lighted every man that cometh into the world. 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'll take verse 12 again. Now, the title of my message is Becoming Sons. Becoming Sons. Becoming sons. He said, but as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he the power. Some translations say they write, the word there is exosia, which means authority, to become the sons of God. Put up King James Version, not the new King James. The Bible says, as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he power. 
to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The next verse, which were born, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but God. Verse 12 again, but as many as received him, gave he power, gave he power to become, power to become, power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, there are, there are things here that we have to look at because sometimes when we read verses of scripture, we have heard them many times, we just run through them, that we already knew them. Now, this, this says that he gave power to become. We just finished a program, a couple's program, where, where the team was what? Becoming one, becoming one. And one of the things we emphasize in that program is that two people come to the altar, they get married, and the Bible says they have become one in the flesh, but when they leave, they now have to work on becoming one intellectually and emotionally and that takes time because sometimes one says i like green the other one says i like yellow one says let's go on vacation the other one says come on talk to me let's walk let's let's plant the garden one says let's go shopping the other one says no no we have to pay the bills <laughs> praise god i said praise the lord yeah, one said, let's go pottery. And the one says, no, let's go to church. And many times this becomes the struggle for many marriages. But because they come to the altar and they, they make a commitment and they are made one, does not automatically mean that they begin to operate as one. So they now have to work on becoming one. They have to, have to begin to practice how they ought to complement one another, knowing that the reason why sometimes people marry people who are different from them is because you need that kind of person in your life. If you talk too much and you marry someone else that talks too much, you blow off the roof of your house. No visitor will come to your house. You talk them out. So many times people who are quiet, they go and look for someone who can, who can talk. So while they are quiet, the person is talking for them. Most people who are very tall, they look for what? <laughs> so they can average it out. Not everybody do. <laughs> Some people who like to spend, some of them don't even know this, but it's just like opposite attracts. And some of them get surprised. Well, I thought we, we like the same thing, but we don't really like the same things. And they get into quarrel. But that's why love is so important. Love is supposed to be the cementing factor. Well, I'm using that again as an example that when someone is born again, the Bible says that you have been recreated as the Son of God, but for you to become manifested, as sons, you need the power of God. So God gives you the power so that you can become manifested as sons of God. Because sons are not just sons because they say they are sons. Their sons are sons because of what they manifest as sons. So it's one thing to say, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. But if you were in the days of Jesus, they would stone you to death. 
Because if you say you are a child of God, you are saying that you are equal with God. And that what God is and what God can do, you can do. And Jesus had to tell them one day, if you don't believe me for what I say, at least believe me for the works that I did. Because it is by the manifestation of the power of God that he declared himself to become the son of God. So if somebody accuses you of being the child of God, what evidence do they have? Praise God. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 1. We come back here. I'm not going to be long. You go get the book. Somebody say hallelujah. Read your Bible. It's all in the Bible too. That's where I got it from. 1 John. Let's start from chapter 3, verse 1. We already sang the song, Behold, what manner of love. But I want to read a few more verses. The Bible says, verse 1, 1 John chapter number 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. I know I like reading the King James Version. It's not today's English, but like I said, there are many things I discovered in the King James that you can get lost in other translations. Now, I read other translations, but to me, personally, King James is still the closest to the original rendition. Now, I've encouraged people to get uh, this software called The Sword. Um, I mean, the other software like that, I had the, the, the blue or green Bible, the Blue Letter Bible has some similar things where you can check every word and see the original uh, Hebrew and Greek word. Now, if you want to study, you have to learn to do such things. Praise God. You know, one of the things I, I realized this week as I was studying, preparing for my writing the book, Power Over Sin, I discovered that some words were omitted from translation. Interesting. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about deliberate omission like we have in some of the recent translations. I'm talking about the original King James Version. A few Hebrew words. Even though they tried to translate it, but it was omitted. It was completely removed. Now I'm like, why? One of the things the Holy Spirit said to me while I was studying, he said, is it not written that certain mysteries are hidden from the foundation of the world and are being revealed to prophets and apostles in these last days, which means that it's only people who are diligent enough to study that we find them. They are hidden from the casual browser. You can't find those things. It does not contradict what is written necessarily. It brings it out. It, it actually emphasizes certain things clearer. And there are some parts that I saw made a lot of difference. And maybe I'll bring out one of them in this chapter. Praise God. Verse 1 again. Behold what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So next time they ask you, where are you from? If the person is not a believer, he can't understand where you are from. The Bible said the world does what? Does not know us. Does not know us. 
You know, do you know one of the, the areas where they, they had a lot of problems with Jesus was when he began to identify himself as the Son of God. And he says to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. He says things like, before Abraham was, I am. They, they, could, not, they could not understand him. They said to them, themselves, how can this man say he's been here when he's not even 50 years old and he's saying that before Abraham I was. The Bible said they did not understand Jesus. And if they did not understand Jesus and you are a child of God, they cannot understand you either. If they understand you, it means you are not walking in the, in the level you are supposed to walk in. The kind of things you say about yourself, the way you live as a son of God, should confuse unbelievers. And majority of the church too. Because some of these people were Sadducees and Pharisees. They were scholars. They are people who read the word. When you say, where are you from, Sam? From heaven. They say, you say, tell me where you are really from. Somebody told me. I said, I am really from heaven. <laughs> and they think that you are just trying to be Spiritually, you know, out of, out of touch. And as long as you see yourself as an ordinary man, the Bible says in Psalm 82, he said you will die like one. But if you are going to operate as sons of God, he said you have to die to your old nature. You have to see that when Jesus died, your natural human nature, the one that was limited, died with him. That there is a new spirit inside of you. And this is not just the spirit of an ordinary man. This is the spirit of God. The life of God now lives inside of you. You are not an ordinary human being when you get born again. You are a child of God. The Bible says you were not born by the will of man. You were not born by blood. You were born by the Spirit of God. And there is a new life in you. And this life is the light of the world. But if you don't know that the light that shines every man is in you, you will hide that light. And the people around will remain in darkness and die in darkness because the light is hidden behind flesh. Verse 2. Behold now. What's the meaning of the word now? <laughs> Ask now. What's, what's the meaning of the word now? Now. Today. This moment. Right now. When the Bible says now, does it mean when we get to heaven? It means now. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Tell the someone say you are the son of God now. If you are born again. Say it again. You are the son of God now. You know, many people are waiting to go to heaven before they begin to demonstrate sonship. The Bible said, now, now, today, now, are we the sons of God. The Bible says, where we already read in St. John chapter number one, it said this life shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it, which means that the life of the sons of God is supposed to destroy evil. Not run away, not be afraid, not hide. You are the light of the world. The life in you shines in darkness. 
You are the answer to the problems of people. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, sometimes when Jesus talked like this, they thought he was just bragging. He said, I am the light of the world. They that follow me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Are you the light of the world? Did he say the same thing to you? Then he said, yeah, the light of the world. So if Jesus said, I am the light of the world, can you stand up and say, I am the light of the world? And he did not only say, I'm the light. He said, they that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Me too, me, 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 me. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. As I follow Christ. Praise the Lord. Because I'm the light. Right? If everybody is in a dark cave and somebody has a touch light, what do you think the other people would do? Follow the one who has light. So Jesus Christ said, I am the light. People who follow me will not walk in darkness. You can't walk in darkness when you have light. So the Bible is telling us here that when we are born of God, we have an inherent light. In short, the Bible tells us that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. When you are born of God, you are born of light. You become light inside. And light is supposed to overcome darkness. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. You know, many, can you, have you ever seen light looking for light so that they can see? If you are light, that means that you have the ability to shine in darkness, to overcome darkness. Every evil is darkness. Sickness is darkness. Sickness is darkness. Poverty is darkness. Serious darkness. So, if you are the light, people who follow you cannot be poor. Somebody say, hallelujah. You You can't be in this church and remain poor. Because poverty is darkness. Too much light of wealth. Too much wealth light is shining in this place. It will overcome every kind of poverty. Even if you were thinking poor before, if you stay here long enough, that poverty mindset, mindedness will be washed, removed. You begin to think rich. Come and say hallelujah. I want to hear it louder. Say hallelujah. If you used to think weak and poor and sad, you're going to begin to think joy, unspeakable, full of glory. You will laugh at death and destruction. You know, sadness is darkness. Depression is darkness. One of the things that you notice with people who get depressed, they want to hide in the room, close the windows of the light, don't want to talk to people. No, that's, that's darkness. That's hiding in the dark. We are the light of the world. We like sunlight. Even in the night, we put on light. <laughs> Praise God. Because in the light, good things happen. Right. Bible says many dark, evil things happen in the dark. Let's continue. I want to get somewhere before we get to the end of the time we have to this, this morning. Verse 2, behold, we now are with the sons of God. So we don't have to wait to heaven for this to happen. He said, it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. 
Hallelujah. I repeat, he said, He doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now go back to that verse. You know, this is one of the verses people use concerning the second coming of Christ. And it's, it's actually uh, relevant to that. Praise God. The Bible says it does not yet appear. The word appear then means that it's not revealed. It's not manifested. It's not showing. Which means that now are we the sons of God. The world does not know us. But there is yet not a manifestation of who we really are. What the God has made us to be. But the Bible says that however when he shall appear. Who is he that is talking about? Jesus Christ. And who is Jesus? The word of God. When the word is revealed, when it appears, when you can, what does it mean when you say something appear? You can see it. You can see it. Yes, that means that it was there, but now you can see it. That's not when it was created. The word revelation doesn't mean God created. It means it just comes to where other people can see it. Because he said, now are we the sons of God. It doeth not yet appear. It's not when it appears we become sons of God. No, we were already made sons. But now we're talking about a manifestation, a revelation, an unveiling of who we are. And the Bible says that we become unveiled when we can see him. When there is a revelation of Christ. Put your finger there. You have fingers. If it's electronic, just put some stuff there. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. The Bible says, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So what determines how a man is changed? As much as they can what? see as much as they can see bible says that when you see him as he is you will be like him somebody say hallelujah so how do you become sons is what seeing son seeing the son of god seeing sonship that's how you become so. When you see him as he is then you will be like him so this is a simple equation. How much you see is equal to how much you be. So what you be now is a demonstration of what you see. If you see little, you be little. So you are thinking, what's happening? Why am I not changing? Oh God, do. no, it's a problem. Of revelation. Revelation is not information. It's the spirit of God. Letting you see. What you thought you saw. That you really did not see. Wow. Second Corinthians chapter number 3. Are you there? I would have liked to read the whole chapter, but yeah, you guys want to stay in this church. I have to change my confession. Praise God. You love the world, right? Yeah, nobody's in a hurry. Everybody who comes here wants to see you. 
Okay, for time, let's start from verse 2. He <laughs> said, You are an episode written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the episode of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tablets of stones, but in the fleshly tablets of heart. Verse 4, and, and such trust have we through Christ towards God. Verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything, to think anything as ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God, who hath made us ministers of the New Testament. Somebody say hallelujah. So how many of us know there are two testaments in the scripture? The Old Testament and the New Testament. The old covenant and the new covenant. The Bible says we are made ministers of the new covenant. The word testament is the same thing as new covenant. Not of the letter, which means the old testament was based written more on written letters. He said, but of the spirit. The new testament is based on the spirit. He said, for the letter kill it. The old testament usually brings condemnation. Because you see all these ten commandments. And then you, you break one, you are guilty of all. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. So most people in the Old Testament, not anybody actually could be justified because the letter killer. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 8 that the, the, the law was powerless to make anyone righteous because of the weakness of the flesh. Now let's continue. Say, For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. The Spirit gave it light. Continue. Next verse. But if the ministration of death, talking about the old covenant, written and engraved in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away with, how shall not the manifestation or the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Now, I won't have time to, do, to deal with all of this today, but one of the things God said to us is like a rise shine, your light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. So this is a year of glory. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. This is a year of manifesting glory. Because as you see the glory, you are changed to the same glory. Because if you want to become glorious, you have to see glory. So that's what he's saying. He said, if the Old Testament that was written and engraving in stones was so much glorious, so glorious that they, they couldn't look at the face of Moses, how much more is the new covenant that is written by the Spirit? If Moses' face could shine in the Old Covenant, how ought us to shine? The Bible tells us Jesus, when he was shining, not his face was shining not just his face. The Bible says even his clothes was shining in such light that it could never have been bleached by any, 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 any uh, dry cleaner upon the earth. <laughs> Moses had to use cloth to cover his own shininess, his face. If Jesus tried to cover his face with cloth, what would have happened to the cloth? He would have started shining because the glory of the new covenant is contagious. It shines out and it's not just sufficient in itself. It shines until it begins to translate and transmit light to others. The Old Testament said they were made living souls. It said the new covenant, the sons of God, are made life-giving spirits. We are not just here to survive. 
That's why you can't live your life just to eat and drink and go to work and pay your bills. That's not what life is for. That was life according to the old covenant. They went to church so that they can survive. In the new covenant, we come to church so that we can change the world. We are life-giving spirit. Every son of God is light to the world. You can't be light for yourself. Light always gives opportunity for others to see. You have to get out of yourself. That's why if all the money you have is for yourself, you have not started shining yet. Until you can make a financial impact in other people's life. Until you can change somebody's future with your money. You don't have no money if you are still trying to pay, 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 pay your bills. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Now, you can't, you can't make an impact in somebody else's life if your bills are unpaid. It's dumb dumb to pay somebody's car and they jack your own car, right? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I had a brother and a sister who had that in church. So said, I don't happen. Jack this car. I said, what? Well, I, I gave my car note to somebody else. I said, dumb dumb! <laughs> All right, let's continue. For time, let's just skip over to verse 17. I wish we could go through all the verses. Please go ahead and read it again yourself. The Bible says, verse 17, let's start from verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Verse 16, nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, that veil shall be taken away. Verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Again, I repeat verse 16. He said, nevertheless, when the heart shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Verse 15 again, but even unto this day, when Moses, the scriptures are read, there is a veil upon people's heart. Nevertheless, when the heart shall turn to the Lord, then the veil shall be removed. Now the Lord is that spirit, which means when the heart turns to the spirit of God, the veil shall be removed. Where the spirit of God is, there is what? There is liberty. There is freedom. Verse 18. But we are with open face beholding as in a glance the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says we all. Say we all. How many of us is that? What age, what age difference? There's none. So we all can behold as in a mirror the glory the glory of the Lord. You know, growing up, some people say, oh, that glory we will not share with anyone. God is not even trying to share his glory. We are becoming the fullness of the glory of God. He's not giving us a piece of it. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. The difference between what we are and what we should be is a matter of revelation. What can you see? Now we understand the devil's major task. What's the major, devil's major task? To blindfold. Because he knows if you can see yourself in him, if you can see his glory, you are going to be changed. You don't try to change. The glory changes you once you see it. So he blindfolds people. And many of the strategies he uses to blindfold is religion. People going to church, reading the same things, 
having no serious commitment. It's just words. We are the sons of God. Yeah, hallelujah. We are strong. We can overcome. All things are possible. We are more than conqueror. Hallelujah. Preach it, pastor. And as soon as they leave church, they're back to their normal singing songs like, I'm only human. You know, things happen to human beings. We are just ordinary human beings. We are sons of God. We are not ordinary human beings. Let's go back to 1 John. Trying to get somewhere within the next 10 minutes. But I'm just introducing this. Someone say hallelujah. In this church, we are becoming all that God says we should be. You know, there's the, there is the legal part and there is the vital part. The legal part is what God has already done. He has made us sons. Once you get born again, you're a child of God. You're born again. You're a son of God. You're a child of God. Let me put it that way. But sons are slightly different from children. Sons are grown children. They have learned to operate like their father. That's who sons are. The mature children. Really, the original uh, uh, Greek word that was used is used for mature siblings, mature uh, offsprings, not for just uh, infants. So you see scriptures uses the difference between children and sons. A son is someone who is operating like the father. Like you see a a company that says uh, Johnson and Sons, not Johnson and Children. Praise God. Because... (laughs) Because the sons are talking about those who have grown up to become enough to hand over or take responsibility in the father's business. First John chapter number 3. Back there. It says, Beloved, no, uh, okay, verse, no, go back to verse 3. No, verse 2. Beloved, now we the sons of God, it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, that is when Jesus is revealed, he said we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, and every man that hath this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. So one of the ways you begin to see that people who understand this, who have this hope, who the word hope, it's not just sitting down hoping that one of these days Jesus will come. The word hope in scripture means an expectant, an expectation. You, are, you know that this is what is happening, so you are walking in expectation. It means a godly expectation, a, an active expectation. It's like waiting on something. You are expecting it. You are doing what you need to do for it to be manifested. That's what it means to hope in scripture. And so the Bible says anyone who really understands this, That if you see him, you are going to be changed. That understanding, this hope, this expectation will cause the man to purify himself. How does he purify himself? He has found out that what you keep looking at, you keep changing. So if you understand this, what is he going to be looking at? He's going to be looking at Jesus Christ. And if he's looking at the Lord, he begins to change and begins to become purified to be like him. People who are not changing, they don't believe this word. And because of that, their focus is on other things and not on Jesus Christ. And that's why many are not changing. Many are more concerned about science than they are the gospel. 
Praise God. Many only believe a gospel truth when science proves it. That's putting the cart before the horse. Then, if science suddenly says today, wow, we found out that man only gave 6,000 years ago. So we say, yeah, I believe it. They just found out. But the scriptures have told us this, many of these things many, many years ago. Today, they are finding out that joy makes a lot of difference in your health. And people are now beginning to see, oh, you should spend more time rejoicing. Watch, watch comedy instead of, instead of t- horror movies. People don't know watching horror movies can make you sick. Someone to watch the goriest, most bloodiest, blood-sucking. Why would you want to watch this kind of horror things? It's, it propagates fear. You want to stay away. You want to watch things that make you rejoice. Even people who are not Christians, I had someone who was diagnosed of terminal ailment and in cancer, and they gave the person a couple of weeks to live. So he said, why should I suffer in this last couple of weeks? So he went to borrow all the comedy movies that he found in the, the store that was nearby. And every morning he just plays comedy. Like, <laughs> people were wondering. I thought, you know, usually when they give somebody that kind of a glim uh, <laughs> diagnosis, he gets sad. He starts calling all his friends. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's look like. And they just begin to, you know, dry out. But this one says, why? Why? I should enjoy my last moment. So he borrowed all the funny movies he could find and began to laugh, watch another one, laugh, eat as much. Are you watching your waiter? I said, no. He ate everything. <laughs> he had everything he could find, you know, watched all the funny movies, he could laugh, enjoy the laugh. And, and, and the day passed. He didn't die, just a little overweight. <laughs> so he went to the doctor. I said, What happened? What's going on? The doctor said, What? You still look so strong. And he checked him. Cancer gone. The Bible says a merry heart is good medicine and a broken spirit dries the bone. This is medical report. Now science is like, wow, is that it is true? So you, you but the Bible said all those things all the while. All the time that science thought the earth was flat, God says that he sits upon the circles of the earth. Science, science is only trying to catch up with scriptures. And that's why it doesn't bother me whether science doesn't realize it yet. The man is not supposed to die. Amen. Somebody say, hallelujah! One of these days, they will catch up. They will catch up. There's a, there's a video that's circulating now. Somebody discovered the problem of aging. With genetic, we're trying to change it. It's a gene mutation. It happened when Adam sinned. The gene got mutated. It's a scientific operation that happened. The gene that creates death was it was it became it was an effect of the cause. Man is supposed to live perpetually. Some people think 960 years for Methuselah was just you know fairy tale. It's not. It's scripture. He was a man just like you and I. Body just didn't decay until sin got a hold of it. Eventually, we can live like that. I said we can live like that. We can live. Some people are believing for 120 years, thank God. That's a big jump from people who were believing for 80 years that they thought or 70, maybe 80 if they, if they, if they stretch it. But the Bible just, he said very clearly, he said with long life he will satisfy you. You live as long as you want to live. 
Amen. Amen. You live as long as you want to live. The Bible says all things are possible to him that believe. Now it's not telling you to live and then you know everybody has to give you food. You can't walk around. You can't talk. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about healthy and strong. Moses said, I'm 120 years old. My natural strength has not abated. Neither has my eye grown dim. Why would you want to stay here if everybody has to eat, feed you, clean you? Car-? Nobody wants to stay in that kind of environment. I want to check out. I want to check out to a new body. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, so that's not what I'm talking about. So that's why you need to begin to declare your health now. Don't wait until 100 before you hit the gym. Right? Oil oh, well, your, your, your knees and elbows because they're going to be here for a long time. I'm not talking about drink oil. I mean, oil is by making exercise. <laughs> you have to interpret everything. Don't forget the wrong things. Right? Hallelujah. You can be a hundred and still do, go to the gym two or three times a week. You'll be strong. One of the reasons that the muscles begin to, to, to deteriorate is because of lack of use. You know, when people are young, they are jumping. You ask a, a, you know, a four-year-old boy, come, come with me. Like, hey, daddy, he's, that's how he moves. But they call them bouncing baby boys. They're just bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. <laughs> but at 18, they say, come. <laughs> that's how they work. And they don't know that they are aging by just walking like that. Aging. Stiffening those muscles. And I say, hurry, hurry. You think you are trying to be harsh. You are trying to help them to stay young. And some of them, you are, they, are, they are just teenagers. You are, and, and, and their parents are faster than them. They have aged as teenagers. And they think that, oh, you don't be confessing, confessing. Your, your confession has to also match your manifestation. You have to be acting that way. <laughs> Praise God. We know myself and my wife look young. Father, say amen. amen. How many of you believe that we look young, right? Yes. Yeah, we look young. We're staying younger. Staying young. Many times when, I, when we go out for programs, and they ask, ask me, how long have you been in ministry? I, I hesitate to speak because <laughs> many of them can't believe it. So I'm like, what? I'm not asking for your age. I say, how long have you been? <laughs> I'm like, 35. It's 35. So I'm like, what? Because they don't believe it. They don't, they don't see it. You know, some of some <laughs> really the other day, we were looking at this property for church. You know, we had our last born with us. So he said, oh, Hi, Pastor, that's your first child, right? <laughs> we just laughed. <laughs> because they assume that's the first. But it's, it's, it's not just because we are only confessing in closed doors. We do that. But we have to, we have to walk the part, too. Amen? Amen? When you confess, I can do all things through Christ, then when, you, when, you, when the other things come, you need to do it. <laughs> Confessing all things are possible to him that believes. And they say, do you say no, that's impossible. <laughs> possible to give that amount. No, it's not impossible. You have to believe what you're saying. Wow. What verse are we in? 
And every man that hath this hope in him purified himself. The word purify means cleanse himself. It means that he begins to change. Why? Because he has seen the way to change. How do you change? By looking at him, looking at the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the word is life, and that life is the light of men. And so if you want to be like him, you have to see him as it is. So you have to take the word of God and keep your eyes on him. That's why the theme of this year's company is what? Looking unto Jesus have to take your eyes from everything else. That's what that scripture means in Hebrews 12. Take your eyes from yourself. Take your eyes from the government. Take your eyes from the circumstance. Take your eyes from what your parents have said, what the society has said, what you even feel like. You know your body can lie to you sometimes. You can't do that. You're running, you say, I want to run two miles. When you get to half a mile, he says, you are, you, that's, you are done, you're done. Quit, quit, quit. Go drink water. Quit, quit. You're going to break your toes. Go drink water now. The body's lying to you. And if you press past that state, after a while, you discover you, you can really do it. You can really do it. Some people fast at 3 o'clock. Your body says you are starving. You are going to faint. <laughs> And the normal human body can stay two weeks without food and not starve. Have enough stored here, here, here <laughs> to keep you. And it's so interesting. My, my, my parent uh, told me this more because I was, I was actually born during a, a, a war in, in, in the city where I was, I was born in and grew in. It was around the period of war. Uh, what they call it? Um, a civil war. Thank you. And one of the things my mom told me during the civil war is that people just don't feel like eating. That they will cook sometimes three days, they don't touch food. Because there is no hunger. When you see people dying around, people being shot, somebody talks to you in the morning, the next day is, is in parts. So hunger is a habit. Some of it is just bad habit. <laughs> And, and, and the advertisers know this. So they bring that juicy burger on television, knowing that if you keep looking at it, <laughs> you will be like that. What you keep looking at? Those adverts are more dangerous than some of those movies. For you to know, it's the adverts that sponsor the movies. So the purpose of the movies is the adverts. And people don't know why they keep going just past you and you have to go to McDonald's. You have to. You are looking at it. Watch movie. You watch the movie. So you need to skip it if you don't want to put on weight. Hallelujah. Right? Because the Bible says if you understand this, you will purify yourself. So if you want to begin to look slimmer, there's a way to do it. Amen. Get someone who's slim. Get the picture. Put the picture in your world. Somebody say hallelujah. And begin to look at the person regularly. Right? And when I say this on Bible study, people say, Pastor B. <laughs> well, good. Thank God we have our pictures in our calendar. Amen. Get one part, put it there. Say, yeah, I want to be like that. There are other people too. And sometimes it's not just the physical look. Get closer to them. Find out what they're doing. If you want to be rich, 
if you keep looking at poor folks, what happens? It's so poor. Some people have no rich friends. How are you going to come out of that bondage of poverty? It's a stronghold. You don't have a rich friend. All your friends are even less expensive. <laughs> less finite. Poorer. Because they want to be top of the top dog. Local champion. All your friends, if you feel your tank of gas, like, what? $50 for gas? <laughs> if these are your kind of friends, you need to change them. You enter their car, your car is cleaner than theirs. You need to, you need to change them. There are some people, when you, when you enter their house, you go home and start vacuuming. Those are the kind of friends you need. Right? Those are the kind of friends you need. If you visit them long enough, soon enough, you have to be clean. Amen. If you keep going to the other ones, there are things are everywhere. You know, so sorry, excuse my, you know, socks. After a while, you start becoming like that too. Right? You are believing God for a new car. You eat your chicken bone, you throw it at the back. You, you're not getting a new car. You're not getting a new car. You say, why? I've been confessing, confessing. Let your confession change the cleanliness of your car. If your confession cannot change you to clean your car, how will it change money to come to you? The Bible says, he that has this hope purifies himself, which means that the person begins to change. The person begins to change. The person begins to change. The person is not waiting for God to just do something. The person begins to change. He takes this word and purifies himself. We have to round up, but I still haven't got into the verse I wanted to share. Let's, let's go. What verse are we now? Verse 3. And every man that had this hope in him purifies himself as even as in verse 4. Whosoever committed transgression, whosoever committed sin also transgressed the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And we know that he was manifested or, to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Verse 6. Whoever abided in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Again, I repeat verse 7. He that doeth righteousness. What is the word doeth? To do. To do. To practice. He that practices righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse 8. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. This is one of the verses I was studying. I saw something different. I'll round up with this this morning. We'll go back to this chapter maybe some other time. It says here, Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin. His seed, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. You know, this scripture has been a challenge to many. That, especially that place when it says he 
cannot say. He cannot say. He can I read it. I read it. I read them like how does it say he cannot sin? If I say he that is born of God, doeth not commit sin. Now that is understand. He does not do sin. Doeth not commit sin. Then he said, for his seed, which is the word of God, remaineth in him. Then he said, and he and he cannot sin. So I had to go to the original. I began to search it. I discovered that that word cannot is not a single word. A word was omitted. Very, very interesting. Go read it. There are two words there. They completely did not interpret one. They did not translate one. There are two words. One word is the word that is translated cannot. The other one is the word dunamis. The appropriate translation, and I can't explain that today. You can check it. If anybody have the sword, I thought I brought my sword Bible here. I can just read it for you. Yeah, I have it here. To that is that he has the power not to sin. That is what that word means. He's giving dynamics. Not to sin. Ability not to. If you have it, just go there. Let's look at it together. Praise God. First John chapter number 3 verse 9. It says, He that remained and cannot. Two words there. The first word there was O, which means not or cannot. Translated cannot many times. O-U, and the second word is dunamis. The word dunamis, even though they may have tried to imply it, when they say cannot, may has the ability not to. This is what they interpreted it. But the word O-U actually is translated cannot many times on its own. So it's not just saying he cannot if you look at it, because if that same verse says he doeth not, which means they're talking about ability. So in that verse, he's saying that he's giving ability not to sin. Which means if you're born of God, you're a child of God, you can decide not to sin. You have the power to live sinless. So if you sin, is because you are walking in the flesh and you have chosen by choice or deception not to walk in the spirit. Wow. I wanted to go to Romans 8, but I'll just mention that I'm close. The Bible says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are. You guys have some more time, a few times. Let me show you before we close. Praise God. Yeah, better having that so that you can go make some money, right? And go, go live a good life and go shine. I don't want to cheat you coming to church all the way. Some people drove an hour. Praise God. You need to carry some lot to go back and change some stuff. Amen.
Romans chapter number 8. The Bible says from 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you shall die. Now we know why people die. But if through the spirit you put or you mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Somebody say hallelujah. So here the Bible begins to tell us that for us to operate as sons, we have to walk in partnership with the spirit the spirit of god now dwells in us and by the spirit we put begin to put to death the misdeeds the the, the contradictions of the body the not just the body of the flesh of the of the body that is not renewed which means that we begin to look at christ and by the help of the holy ghost we begin to change to be like him. And one way to change is that we have to begin to crucify, put to death, strangle to, to, to death the works of the flesh. And we have the power to do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. So being born of the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost, is not just to come to church and speak in tongues and say, I have the Holy Ghost, I'm filled. No, the proof of sonship is that now you have the ability by the Spirit to begin to purify yourself, change the way you talk, change the way you act, change the way you, you can change the way you feel. You have the power not to sin by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit will open your eyes to see Christ Jesus. And as you see him by the help of the Spirit, you are changed to be like him. If you used to be so emotional, by the time you begin to look at him, the Spirit of God will change you. If you, begin, if you would be, used to be so irrit irritational, you are so easily irritated, so easily afraid, so easily tempted, the Spirit of God inside of you can change you. You have the ability to change. And that's why the Spirit of God doesn't care whether you are male or female. It's the same Spirit. It can make you a son because it's the Spirit of sonship that you have received. And when we begin to operate like this as sons of God, it's not only going to be a blessing to us because this light shines. This kind of life shines in darkness. People are in darkness, oppressed with sickness, with disease, with fear, with all kinds of, of, of what they call baggages. But looking for someone who has received revelation from God. When you begin to say, no, we ought not to be afraid. Somebody say, hallelujah. We ought not to be sad. That, is, that can't make you sad. That shouldn't steal your joy. When you laugh at the devil, somebody say hallelujah. When you rejoice in the Lord always, when you are patient and kind, not easily provoked, 
keep no records of wrong. People say, we are honor, honor human beings. You must remember, no, you can forgive and forget. The Holy Ghost will help you forget. I said the Holy Ghost will help you forget. Now, I heard some people say, you know, you know, when the Bible says forgive and forget, it doesn't really mean you have amnesia. Yes, you can have amnesia. You, you can't even remember it. You will even try. You won't remember. The Holy Ghost can help you. If you are doing it by yourself, then you can't. But if it's the Holy Spirit, when people get little accidents and they can't even remember their names, can the Holy Ghost clean that, that, that evil out of your mind? Do you know that, that even the brain by itself can choose to block out certain things? So why people act like it's so hard? If you keep remembering the evil somebody, you choose to remember. You are enjoying the animosity that is coming out. You are enjoying it. The adrenaline rush when you get angry. You are enjoying it. You are, you are an addict to anger. But you need to sit before the Lord and say, Holy Ghost, cleanse this, purify this. This is not, I'm born again. And I cannot be angry at my children. I cannot be angry at my spouse. I cannot be angry at my neighbors. My boss is too small to, to start creating this kind of anger. How can I be going to, to work and be angry every day? Afraid to, to go to... I can't do... I, I'm a child of God. I'm the light. You, 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 you renew your mind. I'm going to be angry at the government. I'm losing sleep over it. You know, the guy is drinking champagne. doesn't even know that you're there. You have to renew your mind. Renew your mind. People are too sad. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your job is not enough to make you sad. <laughs> it means that the job is bigger than you. The Holy Ghost. Then is your, your children able to make you. Some people have two children. They are, all their hair is out. Climbing the walls. Very simple. Teach them Kinglish. <laughs> So what is that? Go ask for interpretation of tongues. <laughs> discipline them. Discipline them. The Bible says if you discipline your child on time, he will give you rest at the end. If you leave him and say oh, it's just a time, he will trouble you. He will run in helter skelter. You think it's the, the devil that possessed? No, the devil deceived you when you thought it was it was friendliness. Cool dad. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about proper discipline. How do you discipline according to the word of God? Say, I punish you. Read the whole of Matthew. Come and tell me what he says. That's a better discipline. Say, every morning you you tell me one chapter of Proverbs. If he does that for three months, he he, he will will change. He sure he will be advising you. (laughs) <laughs> he will advise you. He will advise you. Say, Daddy, don't, don't do that. The Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says. <laughs> but sometimes people just get mad and drive them out into the streets. And then two of them will start crying at the end. This is it's, it's unfortunate.
but we can we can change our environment. We're sons of God. There's nothing in this world that is powerful enough to oppress a child of God. Nothing. Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when that thing begins to mount up, it looks so big, just laugh. Say, greater, greater, greater. I'm the son of God. When you look like you don't know the way out, just laugh. I know the way. The way is a person. <laughs> he said, I am the way. Once you know him, you know the way. There's no matter where you are, even if you are in the middle of Sahara Desert, you know the way out. You know the way out. Right? You know the way out of death. Do you know the way out of death? Who is the way? He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the, the way, the way, the way, the way, the way. You know the way. How many of you know the way to become rich? <laughs> the way to have a great family. It's the way. It's the way. And now he lives inside of us. You know, to this message is becoming sons. And one of the things I'm, I'm praying about, the Bible says in, in Galatians, it says, even though people are children, it says when they are, they are yet infants, it says they are not different from a servant. He said, even though the whole, whole, they own the whole estate, he said, they are put under governance and tutors. Once you become a son, you begin to exercise rights to rule and to reign. But unfortunately, too many, even though they are born again, they are not operating as sons. They have been made children of God. They are supposed to be sons, but they have not changed their thinking. They have not focused on him. So that they can become as he is. Some of you think Jesus did not go through challenges. He did. We're reading in, in Bible study that he, on Gethsemane, he was so much in anguish that angels had to strengthen him. Jesus himself. He went through tough times. So the problem is not when that tough times come. It's that we have to overcome. How many times? All. This light shines. In darkness, and darkness cannot overpower it. Son of God, sons of God, they win how many times? All the time. So no matter what you're faced with, you have the ability to overcome. Just bow your heads this morning. While I was praying for this message, the Holy Spirit said to me that some people have been struggling with the thought that they are operating under a curse. They know that they are not. But it's as if there is a feeling like maybe somebody said something about me. Somebody cursed me. Maybe there's something wrong. I've tried it too hard. Maybe my, my family, my city is cursed. But God wants me to just pray with you. You don't have to get up. You can just lift up your hand where you are. And the anointing of God is breaking that thought. You struggle to break it, but it's like it just keeps coming back. But God wants, he wants, you to, he wants to give you help this morning. If you are one of such, just lift your right hand. Master Brondeli, yeah. Yeah, I come against that thought, that word that was spoken against you, or that situation that seemed to have invoked a curse. I say, lose your hand in the name of Jesus. He that the Son of God sets free is free indeed. I break it never again shall the effect 
of that thought, of that, ex that experience come to you. You ha may have made mistakes. You may have said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing. But the blood of Jesus today cleanses you from that. And it is removed completely like it never happened. No cause can come upon the blessed. You are not cursed, you are blessed. So I come against that thought, that mindset, that expectation of negativity. Lose your hand now. That fear. Lose your hand now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All eyes stay closed. The Spirit of God is also saying that there are some people who are struggling with a lifestyle or it may not just be what we call cardinal sins like, like, like adultery or fornication or theft, but things like fear and anger, things that are not, not, not of the children of God. And, and, and they're like almost addicted to trying to come out, they go back in, they try to come out, they go back in. It's almost like they're almost resigning themselves to say, well, I'm just depressed. That's just who I am. I'm just sad. But God is saying there's deliverance in the house of God. So this morning, if you're one of those, it may be a lifestyle, maybe alcoholism, maybe pornography, maybe something that is ungodly. You want it's like you're being drawn into it. Maybe anger. We are always angry, always sad. God wants people to be free this morning. If you're one of those, all eyes closed, just lift your hand where you are. Spirit of God is going to help you. In, in Mount Zion, there is, there is salvation and there is deliverance. God wants you purified from everything that hinders. Most of the things that hinders are not external. They are things that are going on inside, the struggles, the mindsets. Thank you, Father, for this one whose hands I raised. You said your blood washes us from all sin, all transgression, everything that holds, every yoke that binds. Satan, lose your hand right now from these ones, their minds, their emotions, things that draw them into the wrong path. Lose your hand, you spirit of fear, you spirit of anger, you spirit of sadness and depression, spirit of discouragement, procrastination, the spirit of laziness. Lose your hand in the name of Jesus. Declare a new, a new, a new spirit of faith, of light, of life, of success, of breakthrough. Spirit of boldness, the spirit of love, joy, spirit of a sound mind. Let it flow unhindered the lives of this one. These are, these are the things that follow the sons of God. And so we receive it this morning. We receive it for everyone here this morning, everyone who is reaching out for more, everyone who is believing for more. For more. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This one, I want everybody to raise up your right hand. I want to come against the spirit of lack and poverty, the spirit of death, spirit of, 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 of insufficiency. Everybody needs more money. If you don't need it, when you get it, give it to me. I can use it. Father, we thank you for these hands. We, we, we choose to have more. Sons are rich. Sons of God are rich. I come against the spirit of debt, the mindset of borrowing and depending on borrowing. When there is abundance in the kingdom, I come against the spirit of, of lack, fear to step out, fear to believe for more. 
the spirit of procrastination, the spirit of hanging small, believing for small things, the spirit of thinking and talking small, hanging out with small, the spirit of just managing, the spirit of giving up. Lose your hand from the church in the name of Jesus from every single individual. I declare a new spirit of faith. A spirit of, of, of wealth transfer. A spirit of boldness, of vision. To see to see and to believe. The spirit of, of, of diligence. Spirit of, 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 of order. To order the path right. The spirit of wisdom. Wisdom to make the right decision. The spirit of favor that opens doors that no one can shut. That every hand here will enter into abundance this year, this season in the name of Jesus. Not by power, not by might, but by your Holy Spirit. I declare favor, favor, wisdom, ideas, divine contacts, divine connections. Things that they did not even ask or plan for giving to them. Promotions, new jobs, new business ideas, new partnership. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Visions on how to reach the top. I declare it upon you. And everything the canker worm, the plumber worm, the locust and the caterpillar had stolen in time, in wealth, in favor. I say receive it back in the name of Jesus. A hundredfold. That the glory of this house, the glory of the latter house, the glory of this season will swallow up the pain and the challenge of the past. That Jesus will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Just put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the first Sunday of the month. We're going to take our communion. Hallelujah.